0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, This is Longhorn Livestream, our Friday chat. Uh, Every Friday we're here uh, from 1 to 2 talking about the Longhorns upcoming games uh, as well as what's going on across uh, the conference uh, and in recruiting as well. I'm joined today uh, by Ian Boyd, X's and O's expert of InsideTexas.com and InsideTexas.com analyst uh, and reporter Justin Wells. Justin covers not only the team uh, but also recruiting uh, for insidetexas.com.
1: Uh, happy Friday to guys. Happy Friday, everyone. <laughs> let's have fun 24 hours before a kickoff. Let's 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 get positive.
0: Yes, no doubt. no doubt. People want positive right now. You have anything positive for them, Justin?
1: I, I do. I do. I, I, <laughs> I was gonna show you my English bulldog. That's the only thing positive I can find right now. Now, when we get a little bit more team stuff, I may be able to deliver a little bit more. But right now, it's only a white English Bulldog.
0: <laughs> Ian, uh, the game coming up this weekend, uh, how do you see Texas fitting with West Virginia? know you've been working on that behind the scenes.
2: I think um, it could be a tough game. It kind of depends on how Texas looks on offense this week. Uh, who do they have, at quarterback? How – equipped are they to find explosive plays um what kind of effort do they get out of the offensive line does the offensive line look like they've got everything dialed up well like they did against alabama and protection at least or do they look like they did against tech where they're letting things slip i i think texas is a better team than west virginia i think playing them at home at night in dkr is a big boost but uh they have to they have to make good on offense in this game What
0: what makes you think they're better than uh, West Virginia or or a good team or better than West Virginia when they lost at West Virginia a year ago, 31-23? And unless Quinn Ewers plays, it's roughly the same cast of characters on both sides. West Virginia even has a a pop, a little bit better quarterback this time around.
2: Yeah, I think West Virginia is better on offense than last year, probably by a fair margin because of that, J.T. Daniels. I think West Virginia's defense is maybe a little bit worse than last year. I think that the defense that Texas played last year in Morgantown had almost given up on the year. If <laughs> I mean, they looked like they were bad. They you were mean Texas's
0: bad. defense had Texas's given up, not defense, West. Coast. Yes.
2: Okay. They were, they were cooked. They were done. I think the defense is considerably better for Texas this year than they were last year, especially in that game where they were like, I mean, <laughs> they were like rotating in Blackwell and Bend on third down and uh, giving up wide open throws on third and fifteen, it was a mess. And then they almost, and they almost won that game when Hudson Card finally got going. So uh, yeah. So I yeah. And in Morgantown versus D.K.R. I, I you make a, a point that I don't dismiss out of hand, but I, I do think that Texas has a lot more advantages this time around.
0: A uh, quick uh, shout out to our sponsor of the, the chats on Friday, the Longhorn live stream. Stuck in the corporate rat race with two weeks PTO and no control over the money you can make or your schedule in general. Call Andy Ludicky. He will take you through a process to help find a business that will fit your skill sets and financial goals. Franchise ownership isn't for everyone, but if you have a desire to take control of your destiny, call Andy or emailing at myperfectfranchise.net. Take control of your own destiny. That's a that's a that's a, a comment I want to ask uh, Justin, uh, you know, how do Longhorns take control of their own destiny here? Because uh, the last couple of weeks, it's felt like they've let other people, especially on the defensive side of the ball, dictate to them
1: what the outcome was going to be. The way they need to <laughs> this bunch, the thing with, with, with Texas right now, I feel like is, they're a first half team. They, they, they game plan well. They, they script the plays well. Uh, the defense shows life in the first half. Everything kind of looks well in the first half. And then you shift to the second half. And like last week, the defense is on the field for 100 plays. And the second half offensive play calling is different. It's, it's not the same as the first. And I understand you're going to change from, from half to half, adjustment to adjustment. But unless Texas figures out how to run the football effectively in the second half, I don't like their destiny. At the end of this game on Saturday night, Uh, this is, you know, I feel like it's we were talking about it before we started. I I feel like, you know, West Virginia is a better team than they were last year. And I also feel like Texas is a better team, kind of like what Ian said. But it's really this is going to come down to X's and O's and the coaches. I really believe that. I, I think Neil Brown is doing a much better job in Morgantown than most people give him credit for. He has a future NFL quarterback now in JT Daniels, who he's co-mingled with Graham Harrell, an up and coming offensive coordinator that likes to do a lot of different things. And so, you know, for Texas destiny to kind of change, you know, they need, they need to be the aggressor. I think we saw that against ULM. I think we saw that against Alabama and hell we saw that in the second half or more so late second quarter, early second half against UTSA against Texas tech. They came out throwing hands pretty early, and they were landing blows. And that's that's the thing they need to do now, finish. That We saw a lot of this team last year build those first-half first leads, and it just decimated in the second half. They just couldn't maintain. There was no adjustments. They couldn't rely on the run game. For this team to, to, to turn that corner, they have to be the aggressor. They can't just start great. They have to finish great. It's one of those things, Bobby, you and I talked about this last Sunday. They need that stomp on their throat mentality because this team is good enough to win this conference. This team is good enough to beat West Virginia on Saturday, but if they don't bring that stomp someone's head in mentality, when they're up double digits in the fourth quarter, their destiny is probably a lower lower tier bowl at this point. Yeah. I I think that
0: um, my, my general can thought on this right now is, you know, it's time for them to show, not tell. Um, You know, we've, we've heard that they're different and they have been different. Texas is just a few plays away from being undefeated right now. That's a fair point, right? Here's the reality. West Virginia is just a few plays away from being undefeated too. Um, They, 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 they beat, uh, they, they went into overtime with Kansas. They went into overtime or late with, uh, with Pitt uh, as well. So I'm not sitting here trying to say that that uh, I know what's going to happen on Saturday night because I, I I don't. I mean, I think some some comments here are, are adequate. I mean, we, we would love, all of us would love to sit here and say, this is what you're going to get out of Texas. We don't really know. I, I just feel like as we look at it and as we talked about it all off season, uh, Texas was literally uh, expected to have a new quarterback. They don't at this point. They have they have an improved version of Hudson Card, but he's still just an improved version of Hudson Card. He's not a clear step up, in my opinion. I mean, he's better, but he's not that next level guy that that bet the best teams really want and need. Then you look at the defense. Are they better? Yeah, they're not giving up big plays. I think uh, somebody wrote that they they've only given up four plays this year over twenty yards, and only I think only one over thirty, something like that. That's incredible. incredible. that's a lot better than they were a year ago. Okay. (laughs) But where, where are they? Where are they in the reality of this being better? You know? And so I I don't think that we know, and I don't, I don't think it's, I I don't think we're smart to come on here and say, Hey, they're going to be, they're going to kick butt next, uh, this weekend. You know, I hope they do. Um, But you know, we got to see if they are able to uh, really take the step uh, that we've been saying that they should be able to take uh They've got issues, uh, but they've also got talent. Um, Jordan Whittington needs to step up. Xavier Worthy needs to step up. Bijan Robinson, you mentioned running the ball. Steve Sarkeesian needs to step up. You know, uh, so does Pete Kwiatkowski in the defensive defense. Uh, I, I wrote something this morning about um, them working on third and fourth downs uh, more frequently, I guess, uh, for this uh, matchup What are your thoughts, Ian, on on how they're doing that uh, right now?
2: Third and fourth down, uh, they've been pretty close. Some of that, they've had problems with mobile quarterbacks. Uh, Frank Harris and Donovan Smith both gave them trouble by running the ball. Um, Donovan Smith with scrambles and with quarterback runs. Frank Harris more so with scrambles and, and throws out of the pocket. Some of that is just they got to contain better. They need a little better play on the edges. Uh, I think that Texas has been pretty solid there. Baron Sorrell has been pretty good. Ovia Gofu has been better than last year. They need um they need a little more depth there now. That was a problem for them against Tech that they had to defend 100 snaps. That's why you saw things like them uh, getting Jet Bush out there at defensive end for a couple plays. Um, on, including on a crucial fourth down. Um, and uh, uh, they had some other snafu like that. They really need Justice Finkley, Ethan Burke. They need those guys to step up and be ready. They're probably missing more Ojemo hurt them as well in that regard. Just having somebody that can get after the quarterback a little bit on third or fourth down. Um, they have very little margin for error there. And so I think that's the the overriding problem. They can get better in their coverages. Like Sark said, they can match their – Coverage to their blitz a little better, and uh, they, they had like maybe one or two plays where they where they blew something there on a fourth down or a third down. Um, but <laughs> you, it's hard to be perfect. It would be a lot easier if they just had more playmakers up front.
0: Yeah, I, I think you you hit on it, playmakers. Uh, that's what we've talked about, uh, Justin. Where do you think Texas lean? Who do you think Texas leans on on defense this week? <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, West Virginia, you know, they're, they're going to go at you from two different angles. They're, they're going to run the ball and they're going to th- you know, and they're effective throwing the ball, it, whether it's dink and dunk or, or getting down the field a little bit more. Bryce Wheaton is a, uh, is a, a forward Wheaton is a, is a tough guy. Pray there's another tough matchup. Uh, but I think, I think Texas has the, the, the corners to, to, to win that battle on defense. I mean, we've seen good linebacker play, guys. We've seen Jalen Ford ascend to it to, to the next level and, and kind of break out this year. And, and you know, he leads the, the team in tackles by a, rather a large margin. I think linebacker play is good. I think this is one time where DeMarvion Overshone, you're getting him for the full game. And I'm not gonna say it's wrong. They 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 were missing him last Saturday in that first half, despite being in, in the lead. I think they missed him. And so Overshone not necessarily having to spy. A dual-threat quarterback, I think, opens them up to do a little bit more. I want to see the defensive line stop the run. I, I think this is a team that's very capable of doing that. And that way, you force J.T. Daniels into those third and sixes, third and sevens, third and eights. And 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 you know, unlike Joey McGuire ripping out the kitchen sink, you know, from his house, you're not going to see that from Neil Brown. Yeah, they may go for it on fourth a few times, but it's not going to be at that rate. So if you can get tech, if Texas can get these guys in in those third and long situations where Daniels is going to get pressured, they're going to blitz and he's going to have to find someone open rather fast. To me, I'm going to say it's a collective. That's how Texas is going to beat these guys because I think they can stop the run. That's something they couldn't do last year. Guys that they're I feel like they're much better at this year. It, it's keeping those guys in front of them. I can I West Virginia's rushing attack doesn't necessarily scare me. Third and go, you know, the short yardage? Yeah that big monster, he'll, he'll, he'll chomp up some yards, but overall get Daniels in that third and long situation, make him put pressure on him. Cause you know, he's not going to be able to scramble. He's a statue back there, like Troy Aikman and drew Bledsoe. I mean, they, he's not going anywhere. He's all arm. And if, if the defense can get those and get those types of possessions and get those third downs, that to me is the biggest differentiator. That's who steps up. It's not necessarily one player or one spot. It's the collective. Hey, Let's bust him in the mouth for two plays. Make sure it's a third and long and then pin your ears back and try to, you know, go to Daniels.
0: Um, all right. Let me, uh, I want to ask Ian a question here about taking away West Virginia's strengths. But before I do, I want to ask a question for everybody uh, there on the, on in the chat right now and on the live stream, just type in who is your favorite Longhorn football player of all time. That's kind of my question of the day. Who is your favorite Longhorn football player of all time? All right, Ian. Question for you, uh, and and this goes back to what I was just saying about taking away what West Virginia does best on offense. It's something that we feel, or at least I felt, like Texas didn't do against Texas Tech. They let Donovan Smith complete the 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 easy. Uh, five-yard completions to get the drives going and keep them going. They let them take two and three yards of carry, four yards of carry, but no big plays. What does Texas and Pete Kwiatkowski need to do to take away that West Virginia does exceedingly well? What can they take away right out of the gate to make them more one dimensional?
2: Well, West Virginia is a little more about big plays than Dink and Dunk than these other teams. They're a little more like a spread version of Cirque. They want to throw it outside down the field to the receivers or they want to run the ball. Um, so I would say, I mean, if you stop the run, that's their bread and butter. It's really hard for them to hold on to the football, go on long drives like that's been killing Texas for the last two years and uh, go for it on third and fourth down if they can't run. So if Texas wanted to, move away from their, if they really wanted to overplay West Virginia, I would say it would be just no runs. You're not going to run the ball. I mean, maybe you take shots to these big outside receivers, but no running. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they feel they can just do that in their base defense because they played run defense really well this year, or if they would uh, make any tweaks to, to try to match up differently against West Virginia. If they go in and they get, and they struggle with this run game, then that might be something that becomes a valid point of criticism, right? Is you guys got a you guys got to scheme the matchups a little bit more, but uh, I I would guess that they're actually going to fare pretty well. We'll we'll see this big guy Donaldson if he makes some hay, but uh, Texas Texas played good run defense. Um, they they just they just fit things better, and it helps their safeties a lot. And their safeties have been better.
0: Let me ask you this you say Texas has played better run defense they did against Alabama no questions asked right um, I was surprised with how well they played the run against Alabama but Tech ran it for 150 against Texas last week Tech well, did well no let me say this Tech didn't run for hundred against either NC State or U of H
2: because they ran hundred plays
1: yeah. But they 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 were they were in triple overtime against the proximity changes that dynamic.
2: It was like three point four yards of carry. I think they okay. they had they had one running they had two running plays that were really good that Texas struggled with. The zone follow quarterback power type play uh, legitimately caught Texas a couple times with that one, um, and then uh, I mean that's just kind of hard. Uh, they should have had a better plan for it, but it's also. Everyone's a blocker, and then the ball carrier is 6'5", 230, and he can throw. So it's, tough. it's a tough deal. <laughs> um, and then uh, the scramble, <laughs> the quarterback scramble, which is, you know, the same thing basically. So uh, I thought they played the run. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, look at that. The, both their running backs did not very well. That's much.
1: winnable defense. That's playing winning defense against the run, in my opinion.
2: They uh, Now uh, West Virginia runs the ball better. So. Yeah. They got to be better this week.
0: Better O line too. Yeah. Much better O line. That's that's my point. Houston, Houston, I I, I say Houston. Texas Tech's O line was supposed to be crippled. They did not look good against anybody, but they looked okay against Texas. Those aren't as, as you say. Those are good looking numbers. Those aren't horrible numbers though. If you're Texas Tech, if you go back and look at what they did against both um, uh, Houston and and uh, uh NC state, they're much worse. So okay. you could say that's winning football, but in reality it's still they they perform better against Texas than they performed against either U of H or NC State. So that, that's what I'm getting at with how just how improved is this defense? I think stats can tell us a couple of different things, right? And I do think that they're better on defense. I I think it's clear the question is how much, you know, and and I don't know that we've seen enough uh, Texas play enough football to know. You, you also mentioned that Texas has had problems with mobile quarterbacks. I couldn't agree with you more guys, not only Donovan Smith uh, and uh, Frank Harris, but Bryce Young, when they went five wides in the, in the fourth quarter, they Alabama scored on two consecutive possessions. And if, if there would have been another quarter and they played five wides again, they would have scored Every time they touch the ball, probably they were that, you know, they were getting guys wide open in that scheme. So I I feel like um, we we say this all the time, but Texas has to find a way right now uh, to get off the field. And I don't know that allowing three and four yards of play on our simple run play is going to get it because then it puts your bend, but don't break defense in uh, in more jeopardy uh, of sorts. Hey, I want to I ask Justin, uh, Andy, did you have something you want to comment on there?
2: Well, yeah, well, I th- they need more negative plays, right? Like if yes. you add one or two negative plays, then those three to four yard runs are are dead in the water. Um, and to Justin's point earlier, I think Justin had a good point that they don't have to worry about overshown trying to match slots and, and worry about quarterback run as much this week. They might be able to just let him pin his ears back and get after uh, – Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.
0: Yeah, it it, it could be. I, I think that we look at it. Justin, I want to uh, switch gears before we go to the offense. Okay, I want to switch gears and ask you about some recruiting stuff. Um, Longhorns have a couple guys coming in this weekend. Not expected to be a big
1: recruiting weekend, though, right? No. It's not going to be a big recruiting weekend, but there's going to be a handful of commits that are in, a handful of local kids. It's going to be very similar to all the other games they've had this year at home outside of Alabama. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, district play is starting for a lot of teams in, in Texas high school football tonight, and, and, you know, as much as those kids want to, you know, make that trip, unless they have bye weeks, and granted there are a handful of commits this week that have bye weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Connor Stroh and Trevor Gooseby. I, I think I think John T. Cook and Trey Wysner even have a bye week this week, and so they're, this weekend. So they're, there's a good chance those guys are going to pop in as well. To me, um, it might be it might you know there might be a surprise or two on Saturday. I, each time that we've we've done this this year, there's been one or two guys that wind up popping in. I remember a couple of weeks ago it was Colton Vosick and potentially Jaden Greathouse. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Colton Vosick. On campus again, as a matter of fact, I I think even though he's solid to OU right now, Texas is not relenting. Uh, The Texas team is doing a tremendous job in recruiting him, especially a lot of his friends at Westlake. And so that's a kid that I wouldn't be surprised that popped in. And another kid that I think is going to wind up on campus in the next month or so is Lucas Lovejoy wide receiver Kyle Parker. He's committed to LSU as well. We know Texas is looking for that one more receiver to, to, to complete the receiver you know, class in 2023. They're talking to DeAndre Moore out of St. John Bosco out in California. They're talking to Mikel Harrison Pilot. They've been recruiting him for almost three years now. That's another guy that I think they feel safe with that they would take it if it's available. But Kyle Parker's the one that I think is getting a little bit more buzz uh, simply because he is having a fantastic senior season. Like everything that we had kind of written and talked about in the offseason about what Parker needed to do his senior year, he surpassed it. This guy is doing a lot of damage, including catching 23 uh, passes in one game, which was a Texas high school football record against Argyle uh, two or three weeks ago. And so, you know, it's one of those things. It's, you know, at West Virginia games, probably not going to, they're probably not going to be a lot of big guys. Now, next weekend, they go to Dallas for Texas and OU. Now OU is going to be the home team so they can technically host recruits essentially pay for their tickets. But from, you know, talking to a couple of sources, talking to a couple of recruits, it looks like Texas is going to have quite a bit of recruits that show up to that game. Uh, Catching up with Isidore Newman, head coach, uh, Nelson Stewart this week, it looks like Arch Manning and Will Randall are, are going to try to make that game next week. And so to me, I think Texas is trying to be judicious with how they bring in guys Obviously, Alabama, there was going to be a long list of guys that wanted to come. Texas OU next weekend, regardless, they can't host guys, but there's still going to be kids that that make their way in there and, and see that game as well. But right now, I wouldn't be surprised if Colton Vosick pops in on, on campus. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Parker uh, makes a game in the next month because those are two guys that we're, we're watching right now. And, and it's, you know, Flip Watch works both ways, Bobby. It works both ways. On the other hand, Malik Muhammad. Is, is, is making a, a few Texas fans. I got a number of text messages yesterday. They're they're getting a little worried, and I tried to tell them from the start. Alabama's not going to let up. They want him. Texas A&M's not going to let up. They want him. And so we can talk, you know, mentioning a couple of guys that Texas could potentially flip in this cycle. You also have to look at the other side of that as well. And I'll say this. A win against West Virginia, recruits don't base these, these decisions on game-by-game game basis. Fans do. They're reactionary. The recruits aren't. But a win against West Virginia at night, everyone's gonna see it. That gives you that momentum going in to to Fair Park and, and or State Fair and, and playing uh, OU. I think that would help in their attempt to, to try to finalize this class.
0: Let me ask you this. This is a question This came in. So Baxter and Derek Williams
1: are taking OVs to AM. Is that is that accurate? I have not heard any of that. Yeah, I haven't. That, that might be what we call Twitter rumors which are basically people throwing crap on the wall and seeing how long it sticks. <laughs> Cedric Baxter, I, I would be pretty surprised. Derek Williams, it. I'd be moderately surprised because you know, a and had been recruiting Derek Williams from the start, but that, that's a kid that right now I think Texas fans should feel solid about.
0: Okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, I want to talk about the offense next uh, before I do. So I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Andy Ludicky. Are you looking to diversify? You may be someone like me that has their hands in multiple businesses Well, Andy can help you diversify by finding you businesses that will fit your time allotment and financial goals. Call him or email him to learn more. Uh, He's got a really cool process. I actually went through it myself. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. I want to go to the offense. Ian, I'm going to start with you. Um, All all Texas fans know, have seen the, the MO of Sark thus far. Good first half fall off in the second half. Right. Um, except in a couple instances, uh, what do they got to do to get more consistent in the second half? What, what needs to occur to take that, to make them go from scoring 24 points in the first half to just 10 in the second half, or really just seven with three points coming in the last 20 seconds when a team goes to prevent defense.
2: Yeah. I think they have two pathways there and, uh, I have a feeling I know which one they'll probably tend to lean on. So you build a big lead. You got Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Everybody knows you want to run out the clock. Everybody knows you want to run the ball. They're going to load the box. So you can either get better on the O-line and be able to run the ball anyway. That's pretty tough. You're talking about cohesion across the whole unit, freshman, offensive linemen, um, it's just I, that's not really worked out for two years, year and a half now, right? The other one is, you keep throwing over the top and you land some shots and you keep scoring points, and that, I think that's the easier one for this team. That's the one that that's the that's the thing they got to get right. It's like, okay, you want to load the box and, and dare us to keep scoring, you know, get some over the top, right? That was hard with Xavier Worthy out. It's been hard with Quinn years out got to make it happen anyway um if if you can't do it over the top then you got to figure out how to spread teams out with Hudson Card and throw it and throw it you know dink and dunk your way but um that I mean that's it teams aren't going to let you in the big 12 especially teams don't let you sit on a lead they're all in until the until the final bell so they Texas has not been able to adjust to that yet and that's what they need to figure out
0: um it's a reliance somewhat on running on the inside, uh, right? They, they like to run, Sark likes to run power between the tackles and Texas has a a sophomore, a junior and a freshman on the inside right now. Um, And they're, they're facing against tech, at least heavy boxes against uh, UTSA, really heavy boxes. I mean, UTSA had no problem lining up eight in, in, admitting it from the very outset right um, what, what is what does Texas need to do can they throw the ball in a flat and hope somebody like a Jordan Whittington breaks a tackle I mean it seems to me like they've they've done that flare pass uh, or the bubble pass uh, outside a little bit in the second half of games and it's almost always worked to some extent um, why not feed a de- a steadier diet of that sort of play
2: it's been a little tricky I mean, they did against UTSA and it worked, and they won. Uh, Texas Tech was playing man coverage, and they were playing like some press coverage outside, so they weren't going to give, they weren't going to let Texas just, you know, okay, well we'll just dink and dunk. Um, Texas was going to have to really spread them out and scheme it to get that, or else Texas Tech was not going to let them do, you know, anything easy. That's why um, when Texas was backed up to their own goal line, right after the uh, after they stopped a fourth and goal, finally but then they're backed up. They ran, first they lined up everybody and just ran duo power downhill play. One yard, guy off the edge tackles. Bijan from behind, Cole Hudson misses a block. Second down, okay, we're going to chuck it deep to Jordan Whittington against press coverage. Can't quite bring it down. Third play, okay, we're going to chuck it deep to Tariq Milton in the slot against press coverage. Bad throw. You hit one of those two plays or maybe Bijan finds something and leaks out there, it's a different game. So those are the big plays, right? It, teams are putting pressure on them and you got to make big plays. And they just haven't been able to land them.
0: Um, Justin, one of the things that Steve Sarkeesian mentioned uh, on uh, Thursday at, during the uh, Zoom press conference he held uh, for uh, those guys, uh, for the media, uh, was talking about Ajay Hall being a part of the process this week. Um, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, we actually reported some of that this morning. Eric and I and the and the team Humidor um, Ajay Hall. We we feel like he's going to be more active in this game. You know, this is a kid that made a mistake early on and and has really you know served his time and, and paid his dues and, and and earned the respect from not only the staff but the players. Hall is a guy. You know, you were talking about those those little bubble screens every once in a while. It seems like those work in the first half. It doesn't seem like they, they generally work in the second half. To me, I would get Hall mixed in that way because we're talking about a kid with ultra athletic ability and lots of speed, not the best hands at you know on the team. So give him something close, give him something easy to where he can, you know, work around and maneuver and, and try to create something. That's what you're gonna have to do. Isaiah Nayor is not playing this year. Xavier Worthy is not completely healthy, even though we expect him to play. He's not completely healthy. Jordan Whittington is a really good receiver. But not someone I would call a game breaker, not someone that's going to take you deep, not someone that's going to house, you know, a, a jailbreak. Hall fits that. Hall is a guy that, that kind of brings that to you. Um, you know, I'd love to see Brennan Thompson a little bit in that role as well, because if Sark, you know, you, without yours and without Nayor and a healthy worthy, you're not, like 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 Ian was talking about, you just can't go over the top. You're not as consistent with it. It's not it's not as easy to do. And so why don't you put these other guys that you know you can put in positions, put them in the best spots. Try to try to manufacture some stuff from the outside. You know what you're gonna get with Bijan. You know what you're getting with Rashawn Johnson. The offensive line's been good and it can play better. You get an idea of what they can do. Jatavian Sanders has been great at tight end as well, in you know, in, in in the first four games. But those other guys, they were recruited for a reason, Bobby. They were they were brought to Texas for a reason because they bring unique skill sets. And when you don't have your big dogs, you gotta rely on the next man up. And if that means getting Savion Red some reps and, and some easy stuff underneath and letting him create, if that means getting a Jai Hall in early and on some easy stuff, you have to do it. If that means sending Brandon Thompson on a handful of verticals just to carry the safety with him, you gotta do it. And so to me, put those guys in the best position. To me, I think a Hall is a guy that this is an opportunity for him. This is a yes. this game can be a big opportunity because they're missing some bullets, and and he's a guy that if he can come in and just make a few plays, his confidence shoots through the roof. The staff continues to build on that, and and to me, that's almost a guy that they haven't utilized yet. Obviously, because he's had some 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 off-field troubles, but it doesn't negate how talented he is on the field. Well, it's Ian, a I, guy I, involved early.
0: I get it, Ian. I want to I want to segue it to this because there's another guy that's not all that dissimilar to a Jai Hall. And we thought we saw it with Quinn Ewers and JT Sanders work in the middle of the field a little bit. We haven't really seen that since Quinn Ewers went out. Um, Is that part and parcel? I mean, everything you were, everything Sanders has caught has literally been near or at the line of scrimmage or five yards beyond, except for that ball from, from Ewers. So, uh, you know, is that just the the quarterback difference and the play-calling difference? Or is there something else schematically that's, that's going on that I'm unaware of?
2: That's a good question. Um, I feel like I'd have to dive a little deeper to, to have a, a great answer. I wonder if uh, if they've worked him down the field and Card has looked him off or he's been covered or, or whatnot. I don't, have a, I don't have a perfect feel for that. I, I do think that they, second half against Tech, I think they thought, we're going to try to establish the run. And they tried over and over and over again, and they just kept, you know, miss a block, and then it's blown up. And so, you know, you're not, you're not running your tight end down the field in that case. So it could be, I, I think it's a, it's a decent hypothesis that uh, mm-hmm. Sanders could be doing more if they were to spread the field out and throw the ball around. And they have not wanted to lean on that because they don't trust Hudson Carter. They don't trust Sanders to do that in a big moment with the game on the line. They would rather try to win with Bijan Robinson or Roshan Johnson, right? Which makes sense. Right. They just don't. They just don't have the line for that. Can we? Can we real quick? Sark brought in to fix the passing game problem. Right. He brought in Ajay Hall, suspended. He brought in Isaiah Nayor, lost for the year ACL. He brought in Brennan Thompson, bronchitis. He brought in Jaleel Billingsley, six game suspension, and he brought in Tariq Milton, who we've. Not seen much from yet. You forgot one. I forgot one.
0: Yeah, Quinn, Quinn Ewers.
2: Yeah, Quinn, <laughs> I mean, Quinn Ewers too. You didn't mention Quinn. I don't think. No, they are so snake bit. <laughs> I mean, at some point, it's like I, that is that is rough. That is hard. Um, that that's or, what I mean. They're not a pre, That's
0: what I'm trying to say to people. Because of those injuries, they're not necessarily appreciably better on offense than they were a year ago. They're just not. Um, and, you know, is Kelvin Banks a better left tackle than what they had yes, last year? Yes, but he's still a freshman. He's not that appreciably much better. I mean, he's he's not killing people in the run game. He's doing a great job in pass protection. Um, you know, I, they lost Junior Anglao, right? Another starter that was there all last year. So I, I, I agree with the snake bit uh, theory to some degree at the same time. I mean, people are going to say put up or, you know, results are what results are and everybody has injuries, right? Um, Texas tech was playing with their second string quarterback, although that second string quarterback is, is, uh, probably the long-term starter there now. Um, and so I, I feel like what we're looking at and when you ask questions like that is, or or mention that is people don't want to hear it because it's another excuse potentially. Uh, Justin, I've got, I know you got to go here in about five to 10 minutes. I-, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on the quarterback situation. Sark uh, again, played coy and that's fine. Um, your thoughts on how the quarterback rolls out on Saturday night,
1: man, that's the million dollar question. Um, I know for the last few weeks, Quinn Ewers has been practicing pretty normal. He's been getting reps with, with the team last week. Um, you know, Sark. I don't blame him at all. First and foremost, I don't blame him at all. You know what? If if the fans are irritated because he won't announce the starter to give Neil Brown a heads up, you know what? That that's on them, dude. I you agree know, with that. I mean I, I really like Sark's mentality with that. Yeah, because at Inside Texas, we generally know who's going to be the guy, and we don't on Fridays we don't we don't give it away because we know kind of how, how how this thing works, but. This Saturday is the first one since Ewers' injury where we're thinking, okay, this could go either way. We kind of knew it. We knew it was going to be card last week, obviously. And we knew Ewers was going to travel two weeks before even that. So we knew Ewers was going to be in the mix, but just didn't feel comfortable, maybe on the road in his first game back, stuff like that. With it being home team, with it being at night. With viewers giving them, and an, he's he's a better quarterback, especially in this offense, in, in in such a small sample of time. That's the question, Bobby. I'm not gonna be surprised if if we see either one, and I know that's a lame answer. I get it.
0: No, no, it's not. It's not Justin because you're speaking from the heart. Right. Here's the here's
1: the issue. I, I'm not you're gonna not... pretend like I know.
0: Right. I, I think that that's the that's the reality of it. Is we've got we're in a situation right now where Texas uh, clearly has a higher upside with Quinn Ewers at this point. Uh, we've only seen a game and a quarter, but you also have, have seen what's possible. That doesn't mean, however, that the minute he comes in, everything is hunky-dory and, you know, sunshine it like that
1: first drive against ULM again.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So Which
1: we haven't seen him do anything like that since, but
0: still. no, but my, my point being though is don't expect, I mean, don't expect Rome to be built in the day, even if he does come in, if he comes in the second half and all of a sudden tries to jumpstart the offense or something, or he, he does what have you. Right. I, I don't think that's the answer. I think that the question or the, the thought process on it is, you know, even with that, it would be different if you thought he had a whole game in him, maybe, or if you think that you could rely on him, because if yours went and got re-injured, you'd be back to square one, right? Or yeah. if Card gets his ankle stepped on, then what do you do? Um you know, I guess I guess a fair question uh, given all of that is how how much of that uncertainty affects the overall flow of the offense generally? I mean Look,
2: I'm talking about Saturday.
0: Not not last week, but Saturday, this Saturday's
1: game plan, it's gotta be you got to be thinking two different ways with two different quarterbacks. You do, and the team is the one that has to figure that out. And and if you talk to sources close to the team, the team is as clueless on the quarterback as the media and everybody else. And to me, I thought we noticed a different Quinn Ewers when he was named the starter. We noticed in practice he started to tick up. You noticed it too. All right, he. Hey, it was he was playing better. This is a guy that each game he got more confident. You know what I want to see Quinn Ewers in the second half because I feel like Sark can continue to do what he does when we see the guy in the second half that he's had in the first half. Quinn Ewers has only played one second half against ULM, and I'm I'm not using that as a barometer, but he got better every drive. And we saw in the second half, he was better than he was in the first half. We saw with each game, he was getting a little bit better in that first half than in the second half. And so, to me, yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, viewers could get hurt again, go back to card. Card could be the guy. The offense is a little bit different than what you would expect. It, for Texas fans, just don't be surprised. I think, I think they can, here's the positive I think they can win this game with either one. I really do. They can win this game with either quarterback. But if I'm going to Vegas and putting money on it, Ewers has to be the guy on Saturday to convince me that they would win that game. I I think that's fair. Uh, Ian, what do you think, bud? Uh, I'll let you. Justin,
0: thank you for joining us today. I know you got to get out. You got a football game to go to tonight uh, and got to get on the road. So uh, be safe uh, traveling out there. And uh, I'm going to ask Ian here from now on. But uh, Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com, thanks so much for joining us. Ian, what do you think about the quarterback situation at Texas?
2: I think you made a good point that it's tricky. Like, we're, we're talking about all these different solutions, right? Well, why don't they try more of this? Why don't they rep some more of this? That's harder if you're splitting reps between two guys. With, I mean, Sark will say, you know, it's the same offense, but it's not the same offense. Like, they're not going to – when yours is out there, defenses are going to react differently to deep throws, and they're going to be thrown differently, right? And, uh, and also Card, the healthier he gets, that guy's fast. Like if he's healthier this week, maybe you, uh, maybe you just run him more, just to give you some spark and, and help uh, the run game out in the second half. So um, I, I created a stir on Twitter earlier. I think Oklahoma is the must-win game. If there's still major doubt about Quinn Ewers and if he's really ready, I think that they would probably wait and play him against Oklahoma. Um, the season is not actually over if you lose to West Virginia. It gets a lot harder, but you at this point, you got to be setting yourself up to beat Oklahoma and go on a run down the stretch with Quinn Ewers, and that's that's what it will make or break a successful season. So, just guessing without knowledge, with that in mind, I would wonder if it's Card. But if Ewers is ready, you play him. So.
0: What you you mentioned, I I always often wonder about this. So one of the things I always thought they should do with, with card more is roll him out, but if he's got a hurt ankle, (laughs) that takes one of the, one of the plays to control the clock out of the, out of the equation really. Right. Um, And so I I feel like that's another shortcoming that, that uh, Sark and, and those guys are dealing with. And, and at the same time, they have to find a way out of this morass, right? That, that's his job as the head coach at the University of Texas, is to find a way, um, given what he's given, and, and not have excuses. So uh, I, I'm interested to see exactly where this all goes uh, this weekend uh, with, with yours or with Card, whomever they decide to, to uh, start uh, on Saturday night. Um, you, you mentioned something on offense, and we talked about JT Sanders You know, does Texas have to find a run game? How how do they find a run game if they're not moving people off the line of scrimmage? I mean, isn't that just a fool's errand in in some ways, or or, are there ways to manufacture that? Kansas obviously is manufacturing it, but they're full-on option offense almost.
2: Yeah, they got that Jalen Daniels guy makes it easier. Yeah, So so they could do that, right, with Card. I don't think – I don't think Daniels is faster than Card. Uh, Yeah, but he's
0: bigger and thicker and able to take hits better.
2: Right. For one game, Card, you know, come back with your shield or on it, you could do that. You could try that. I probably start going to go that way. Um, I don't know if it's actually even that they don't move people. It's I think it's that they will have like one slip up. Like there's been there was a couple plays against Tech where they were the play was looking really good but. I, I hate to pick on somebody, but Cole Hudson had a couple moments where he uh, he let the tackle across from him, uh, shoot past him into the backfield, and blew up the play. That happened on that fourth and two Roshan wildcat play that got stopped. At the point of attack, Texas had it blocked pretty well. It was probably going to – Roshan was going to drag somebody for three or four yards and get it. So – I. I don't know. I, I think it's about assignment soundness and just getting these young guys more and more comfortable with a, a really complex and, and versatile run scheme, probably working against them this year. This is, this would have been the year where you wanted maybe a little more of the Tom Herman inside zone till the cows come home kind of scheme. That's not, that's not what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm wondering and thinking about this. I think a lot of Texas fans are disappointed after last week. Um, you know, and I I think that, you know, I was disappointed in the performance as well. So I don't, I don't fault anybody. I also think you don't stay down. Right. And that's, that's what you're asking of the team. um, Simultaneously, they can't stay down after a loss like last week. Uh, They have to go back and uh, make something else and go back to work and try to figure out how to, how to correct the ship or how to write the ship. And uh, hopefully that, that happens this week. Uh, in DKR, I will say this uh, as a as a credit to the fans. While um, it certainly was a punch to the gut last week, there's going to be 104 at least 104,000. It sounds like in the stadium on Saturday night. Uh, as I talk about it uh, and talked about it uh, earlier in this program, you know what's the difference between Texas losing 31-23 in Morgantown this last year with the same cast of characters essentially as Texas playing in DKR this weekend and what the possible outcome could be. One of them most certainly is the crowd. They can play a role uh, in that uh, outcome. And so I, I feel like uh, as you're looking at this game, that's one of the things that you have to consider uh, as it relates to Texas and, and what they're going to do. Um, Ian, uh, you're, you're looking at this game, you're looking at the other Big 12 games, I have a couple quick questions for you on, on, uh, the big 12 games, uh, K-State, um, and Texas tech this week, Baylor hosts Iowa state or host, uh, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state and then Kansas and, uh, I can't remember Kansas hosts, uh, somebody I, I'll figure it out. What are those games look like to you right now? Um, if Matt, our uh, producer will help me out on that. That would be great. Um, let's start with Oklahoma State-Baylor, which is a rematch of the Big 12 championship game a year ago.
2: That's a really interesting game, I think. Um, Oklahoma State is, I think, better, more explosive on offense this season. They might have uh, Jaden Brayback, who's a guy that I thought would be their best receiver this year, and he hasn't played yet because he got hurt in fall camp. And um, Baylor is very good on the lines, like we thought and they are very vulnerable at the skill positions on offense and defense like we thought. So this is like a, this is one of those great styles mix fights kind of matchups because Oklahoma state is going to want to spit the ball out in space all over the place, go really fast and try to out athlete them. And Baylor's going to want to try to make it a game, a scrum in the trenches and beat them down. So, uh, round three really of that battle. And, uh, Probably, probably both Big Twelve title participants this year will have multiple conference losses. Is what I would guess right now. So this game may or may not make or break the season, but I think it'll be pretty telling for those two squads.
0: Who do you, who are you picking in that game? Baylor, or Oklahoma State.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go Oklahoma State. I thought Baylor played well last week in Iowa State to get that game. That was a, you know, to go on the road in Ames and beat that team is something. But uh, I think Oklahoma State is just. Well-calibrated to pick on some of Baylor's weaknesses this year. If I'm wrong, then that probably means that Baylor's pretty good. Um, But right now, I'll I'll pick Oklahoma State.
0: Okay, what about Texas Tech going to Kansas State? Where are you at on that one?
2: This is kind of the – we'll see what Donovan Smith does in round two. Like, was that a one-off against Texas, or does he have confidence now? And they they have confidence in him that's going to allow them to, to keep that up. But on the road in Manhattan is pretty tough. Kansas State is flying high after going into Norman and winning that game. As far as I know, if they're healthy with Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, then I think that Kansas State will will pull that out. But it could be pretty it could be pretty tough if Donovan Smith keeps playing like that. You know what you don't have here actually is uh Oklahoma at TCU. I think that's a pretty interesting game. Yeah, scroll down or scroll up or whatever. Um, TCU, watching what Adrian Martinez did to Oklahoma last week, to think that Max Duggan couldn't be a problem in Fort Worth against them, I mean, he, he could be. <laughs> and TCU has more speed also, as you've uh, as you've emphasized all offseason. They have more athletes and more speed than Kansas State did. Oklahoma State looked like a mess on defense last week, a total mess. And, you mean uh, Oklahoma? Yeah. Sorry. You said
0: Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah.
2: Brand Vendable's defense did not look like a Brand Vendable's defense. And TCU, if they're sloppy again, TCU can absolutely make them pay. So uh, I think that's a really interesting game. But they'll be looking ahead to Texas somewhat, probably right, uh, surely.
0: Well, I no, I think this is great. I mean, you know, Texas and OU play next week. Uh, that's you know, it's it's a rebel a rivalry. I feel like, um, you know, both teams are kind of sitting here imperfect at best, right? OU's got one more win, but, you know, not necessarily against anybody better than what Texas has beaten at this point. Um, And so I feel like the Longhorns have to find a way to get into that OU game three and two. Uh, And we'll find out a lot about Oklahoma this weekend and we'll find out about TCU. Uh, TCU's offense, I think, is going to be a little bit better with Sonny Dykes. Their defense, without Gary Patterson, may be a little bit more, um, not that they were great last year by any stroke, but uh, they they may have a little bit more issues there uh, this year than what they've had in previous years from a consistency standpoint. So uh, those things are getting into it. Um, what do you think of the West Virginia-Texas game, Ian? Where did you come out on that with your score prediction?
2: So I had Texas uh, 33 to 24. I do think we'll see an inspired effort from Texas. I think they'll play a hard focused game. Um, I think they'll probably have a couple more bullets to fire in the second half to try to avoid some of the problems they've had there. Um, And uh, there's also, there's gotta be some like, like if you look at adjusted stats, they say that Texas is one of the best, easily one of the top 25 teams in the country. I think FBI had them 10th in the country by adjusted stats
1: because,
2: because the adjusted stats will look at it and they'll, they don't care if you lost by one against Alabama, they see you played Alabama really competitively. They don't care that tech edged you out in overtime. They see that on the, on the board, you had them whipped. Right. So at some point you figure that's got to, it's got to, it's got to play to Texas hands at some point. If they keep playing good, like the dam will break. Um, I think you and I maybe know that that isn't necessarily the case. You can be unlucky or a little bit not good enough all year. That can happen. But between all those things and DKR, like you said, I, I think Texas can edge this game out. Well,
0: I think Moro Ojomo returning, it will be big for Texas.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I do believe that because I think he could have provided a player to here or there that wasn't made by Jet Bush or, or Baron Sorrell last week. Um, and could that have been the difference in the game? Yeah, it really could have been, uh, those two teams were that tight, uh, at the same time, Texas needs to be better on offense in the second half. Uh, I still think that West Virginia has one of the te- one of the league's better defenses. Um, they, they have guys that can get after the quarterback, make negative plays. Dante Stills is still around, uh, is still, is still around. He's a pass rusher. Uh, they've got good safeties. Uh, the the safety transfer from Murray State apparently is already getting as high as third round grades is what I'm being told by the NFL, uh, and so be aware of that guy. I, I just feel like you know, even though Texas had such a great offseason acquiring talent, not all of that talent is going to be on on display this coming Saturday. Um, and uh, there's no the Quinn Ewers is it may start may not, but you can't count on it. Uh, we we talked about Isaiah and being out. You you enumerated the the number of players, and no major difference makers were added on defense, even with the young guys coming in.
2: Ryan Watts, maybe, I would say. Is he a
0: if he's, is he just good or is he a difference maker? I mean th- that's what I'm getting at. I, I think Texas is a collection right now of good defensive players.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's
0: no there's no guy you say wow. There's nobody on the Texas team that every single team in the Big 12 would say, OK, I'll take my I'll take him and trade him with mine. Somebody else at every position, there's one one player better or two players better than. Um, and that doesn't mean that Texas is untalented. Um, it just means that's what the roster looks like right now. I mean, Ty Devondre sweats playing himself into a draft pick. Byron Murphy's playing well. Keandre Coburn are playing well. That's the group, along with Moro Ojomo until he was injured, that's the group that's playing well right now and as good as any in the, in the league. The problem with it is none of those guys are, are guys getting after the quarterback. I, I, I want to ask you this, uh, and somebody mentioned it in the, in the, in the thing, Ian. Uh, PFF rates Texas with 100-and-something pressures this year. They had Texas with 44 pressures against Donovan Smith. Uh, he only had 56 passes. Now he did tuck a couple down and run. Did you see forty-four pressures against Donovan Smith?
2: Forty-four sounds a little generous. <laughs> um, yeah, more
0: like twenty at most, or fifteen. I mean, it, it wasn't even. It wasn't in the thirties.
2: They they um they did get pressure on him for sure. Forty, I mean forty-four. Right. They like he had a couple throws where uh, he was getting buried after the throw a lot. It happened a lot. He played a he played a really tough game. I don't know. I don't know. He can't do that every week. Probably the 14 carries 56 passes. And he probably took like 25 hits. Even if a guy that big won't be able to do that all year, but such is life as Texas, uh, Ryan Watts, I think this is kind of the week where we see if he's a good player or a difference maker. If he goes, jams up Bryce Ford Wheaton and shuts him down and takes that away from, uh, West Virginia without Jaron Thompson having to help him too much. That's a, that'll be evidence of a high impact player. Other than him, I don't know if, I I totally agree with you. I don't know if they have another, uh, the the difference of tackles, I guess.
0: Yeah. And that's the, that's what I'm saying. So given that Texas doesn't have appreciably more talent, either on offense or defense, if you add yours back into the, the equation, that could be different. All of a sudden they have a, a quarterback that can hit the big throw uh, ostensibly. So, uh, But until they get those guys back and, and, and inserted, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know why, why we should expect different results with similar cast of characters, um, especially if we believe that West Virginia has improved themselves as well, both on offense and defense a year uh, apart. So uh, it's one of those games where uh, Texas is going to have to show up, play hard, uh, the fans need to be in it. Uh, they need to, uh, root on the players. They need to get into it and affect some games. You know, ha- what would Texas have done if one of those four fourth and threes that Texas tech had, there would have been a legal procedure, right? Because the crowd was. I mean, it's, there's a lot of ifs, right. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's part of the game hmm. and uh part of what, uh, going to DKR needs to mean, uh, for opponents. Um, you know, Ian, uh, Last thoughts here, but I I want to thank our sponsor once again, uh, Andy Ludicky. stuck in the corporate rat race with two weeks PTO and no control over the money you can make or your schedule in general. Call Andy. He will take you through a process to help find a business that will fit your skill sets and financial goals. Franchise ownership isn't for everyone, but if you have the desire to take control of your own destiny, call Andy or email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Ian, we're closing up here, and I want to ask you two really um, similar questions. What is the recipe for a win on Saturday? That's one. So answer
2: that one first. They need they needed just a couple more big plays than they've been getting the last couple of weeks. Whether that's you block one more Bijan run well, and he breaks it for you, or you scheme up one or two passes that, Uh, Hudson Card hits down the field if he plays, or you get Quinn Ewers out there and you just start spraying the ball around down the field. They have to – I don't think they're going to be able to consistently manufacture drives in the second halves of games against tough teams until the offensive line gets more reps under their belt. So you got to find a couple more big plays.
0: Okay, so you went offense, okay? I think Um, offense
2: is the biggest problem on the team right now. You you truly believe that, even though they just gave up thirty four
0: points and and had hundred plays run against them? Yes. Okay. Why? No. This 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 is perfect. This is why. This was my second question. I was, either way, either way, I was going to ask you, what's the bigger problem on the team right now as they go forward? Is it offense or defense?
2: Now I don't want to let the defense totally off the hook. Like you need to your third down, fourth down conversion rates need to be better by the end of the year. Right, that needs to get better, but uh, they had a they had a four and out in the second half. They had two three and outs, and they had a five and out, and they had a, and they had one touchdown drive in there. And You're talking they, about the offense. The offense, yeah. offense. Yeah. So there, it's the same thing as last year. Like there were games last year. Before, eventually, the defense just cratered, but there were also games last year that we all remember where the defense was playing pretty good football. And then they just kept getting thrown back out on the field over and over and over again until they broke down and started giving up points. And that's going to happen to anybody, especially like the defense that we've laid out for Texas this year, where it's all good players and maybe not any great ones, and they have to play really good, cohesive football, and they don't have big-time playmakers. Like, that is what it is. You can't leave that unit out to dry. Like, they're giving you pretty good defense this season if you would just... Hold up your end in the second half. This is an offensive team, an offensive head coach. They have a lot of playmakers on offense. Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Keelan Robinson, Jordan Whittington, Isaiah or Xavier, Wirt. these guys might all be in the NFL soon. That's where you got to find your answers. And so I, I that's where I lay a lot of the blame.
0: That's fair. All right. I, I would have picked the opposite there. I would have went with the the defense not getting off the field. Uh, but I think. To your point that you also made sure to to, to enumerate, it's not just one side; it's both. They, they've got you know people want one easy thing they can they can uh, blame stuff on, right? That's always the easiest way to to handle stuff. Well, it's it's more nuanced and uh, complicated than that. Uh, and there's certainly a couple things. All right, all righty, guys, uh, that's it uh, for this episode of Longhorn Livestream with uh, On Texas Football, Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. Thank you, Justin Wells. Uh, of Inside Texas was with us earlier as well. Uh, Please hit the like button. Help us get up to the likes. Also subscribe to this channel if you'd be so kind to do that and help us out. Also, we have a special for Inside Texas uh, subscriptions right now, $1 for one month uh, at insidetexas.com. For Ian Boyd, I'm Bobby Burton. Thank you all for joining us and uh, good luck this weekend. Horns, uh, Saturday night in DKR against the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, y'all have a good day. Y'all have a good day. Have a good weekend too. We'll see you soon.